what does it look like to walk into a space and feel completely accepted and understood and feel a sense of belonging and that could be really simple that could be you know the type of work setting that your is your favorite is available to you classic design is inherently sustainable the more classic your design is the more it's going to last forever it's not going to be torn out it's when you're trendy and you're basing your designs around what's in fashion and what's cool um, it won't stand the test of time and I think you've scanned the headlines read the articles and liked the posts now listen to the experts themselves in the future of work podcast presented by allwork.space Are you ready? Hello and welcome to the Future of Work podcast by allwork.space. I'm Jo Mernier and today I'm really looking forward to speaking with Nassim Kerting, who's Head of Design at the Office Group in London. Nassim joined the Office Group in 2019 and prior to that she co-founded Studio Kerting with her partner in 2017. Now at the Office Group, Nassim leads a team of in-house architects and designers overseeing all of the group's creative output and needless to say, she has an extensive design experience within the world of work. So I'm really looking forward to hearing more about that and some of the projects she's involved in at the office group, as well as her thoughts on the future of work. So welcome, Nassim, and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Jo. Really happy to be here. Glad to have you. Right, let's kick off. So firstly, please tell us a little bit more about your design background and what brought you to the office group. Yeah, so um, I'm originally trained as an interior architect. I'm from Australia and um, in Australia, I worked in workplace design, moved across to London and have been working in hospitality design over here. Um, and then two, over two years ago, I um, got the role as head of design of the office group. And yeah, it's a nice amalgamation of hospitality and workplace design because there's so much of both in the work of TOG. So yeah, that's where where I'm currently at. And yeah, the role um, as head of design is a lot to do with the creative direction. Um, I work a lot with different designers, makers, artists um, to produce the buildings. Mm -hmm. And what brought you over to the UK from sunny Australia? <laughs> was, I say that on one of the stormiest yeah. days of the year when it's absolutely horrific out there. So I'm just curious. <laughs> It's uh, a really good question. So um, I was really keen and curious to see what the world of design was like in Europe when we were in Europe. Um, yeah, I just really wanted to experience that. Um, and London always has that that draw um, for young, kind of young, hungry creatives who want to make an impact. So, um, yeah, it's been really great to me. I've, I've done some really um, great things in, in the UK. So I've loved it here. It's been great. Great. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> and um, the office group, um, I first became aware of them in 2009-ish, a good 12 years ago. And they were a lot smaller then. And also flexible space in itself wasn't as well known as it is now. Um, today, of course, the office group, the, the office group it's um, grown enormously. It's known internationally. They have a powerful partner in the Blackstone Group, uh, one of the largest real estate private equity firms in the world um so all of these things they're now in a position where they've grown rapidly is it 50 more than 50 locations they have now yeah, that's over 50 locations in the uk and in germany wow. so um yeah it's growing rapidly there's a lot yeah. of work 
So, you, but, and yet, as um, from a design perspective, your um, the office group they cater to smaller businesses, independents, um, as well as the large corporates. So, how do you um, how do you sort of walk that line between uh, designing for both groups, sometimes within the same building? Yeah, that's a it's a great question because you're right. That's exactly our our target audience is almost everyone in a way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we sort of tackle that challenge by. Um, just providing a variety of spaces, a variety of amenities, um, making sure that, you know, everyone has a particular place to work and um, they're able to work according to how they want to. So if they need focus work, quiet space, they're able to do that. If they want to be in the buzz, they're able to do that also. So if you've got one building and you've got a small business, but you've also got larger corporations in there, there's enough space for them to move around or move around the building and find their, their ideal location to work. So that's kind of how we, we tackle it by providing as much possibility and options as possible. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, how do you, can you walk us through step-by-step step how you go about creating a unique experience in each space? I mean, one of the things I've, I'm, I know about the office group is that um, you never wanted to give buildings um, sort of numbers. It's always something that's tied to its history, uh, the name of the building, and you didn't want to uh, include the brand, the office group brand in those buildings. It's all about creating something that's neutral so, that, so the client or the occupier can put their own stamp on it. Um, so that must be quite a challenge for you. So how do you create a unique experience in each space and where does it start with the history of the building or the location? I love how much you know, Joe. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> You've done your research. It's um, so I think I'll even like take you right back to when we first acquire buildings, because I find that quite interesting. We we really we're quite particular about the location. Firstly, like finding it in the right spot, close to traveling, like destinations, um, making sure transport links are okay, all of that. So there's that. Then we when we find the building, we make sure there's like an abundance of natural light because that's definitely a core value that we hold mm -hmm. and um, other than that we try and find buildings that have strong architectural features um, so that we have a kind of easier palette to play with so yeah we do love a building with a lot of history from there mm -hmm. um, we then connect the building with a particular architectural designer who we we collaborate with so um, it might be note design studios in in stockholm it might be norm in copenhagen so from all over the world really we work with the right creative for that building we pick them on purpose and we work alongside them to produce the design um and yeah we make sure that the the concept of the building is super strong mm -hmm. and as you said, it often refers to the context. So we look at the history of the building, the context of the area, because designing a building in East London is not the same as West London. They're very different demographics. So you can't, for us, we can't treat the design the same. So mm -hmm. we really make sure that each building is designed in a bespoke way for that area. And it's the same with Germany. When we're designing buildings in Germany, we really have to make sure that we're addressing the market, doing something that's really special for that location and I love that about the office group that we do it's a challenge it means mm. that we have a cookie cutter not easy in how we do design um but it's rewarding because the outcome is always interesting and mm. I 
now people really, you know, wait to see what the next office group building looks like, which I'm also really excited about as well. Yeah. And how do you how do you sort of soak up that um, that local feeling? Do you feel like you want to go and have a have a wander around, um, see what the place is like and get a feel for the vibe so that you can then imprint that um, on the space? Yeah, definitely. That's um, 100% what we do. We just spend so much time in that local area. Um, and it's incorporated in subtle ways, like um, the example I'm kind of thinking of off the top of my head is um, our building in Hamburg in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we, we walked around the site and around the site, you'll notice there's a lot of, um, in Hamburg, they use a lot of glazed tiles, like it's in all the buildings on all the architecture. So we brought that, which is usually typically used in architecture, we brought that in the interiors. So people local people come into the space and they always comment they're like oh this is so hamburg like it looks like hamburg in here which is a huge compliment for me because i'm like yes that's what we wanted that's, that's exactly what we wanted. yeah do you have a personal favorite building yes yeah. i've never admitted it publicly before so this will be the first time <laughs> i really um love for so many reasons there's a building called Douglas House um, and that was recently done by Note Design Studios and us and that I love it um, because the amenities that it offers are just exceptional because we had a dedicated client and we worked with them on what amenities they wanted in the building so we got to really explore um, what an amenity could be in that building and then the other reason why I love it is it just it just pushes all design boundaries. Like what mm-hmm. you think an office should look like, it just turns it on its head. And so people walking past are just like, whoa, what is that building? Like you can't really tell. And then, but people that are working in it feel super creative in there because it's so oh, wow. interesting, different. Yeah, definitely look it up if you haven't seen it yet. I will do, yeah, Douglas House. Um, and you, you mentioned amenities just then. Um, what, what is what is the value in having amenities in a workspace? And what what is the kind of mix that you have? I mean, I should imagine they all vary depending on again the place, the location. Um, but what would you say the most popular amenities to have in a, in a workspace if it's possible to pin that down? It is. We did a survey, so I can tell you. <laughs> Great. <laughs> we were also super curious about this. Like, what do people want? Do they actually? use meditation spaces do they use prayer rooms mm-hmm. uh, and we found our most popular amenities maybe it's not such a surprise to you are um cafes is number one mm-hmm. um gyms was second um so and a lot of the survey that we conducted a lot of the responses were around food so people love um great coffee and to come together around food which again no surprises there mm-hmm. um, But when it comes to amenities, you're right, we definitely look at the location, we look at the building and what's appropriate for the area. So, you know, we'll be quite strategic about where we put a podcast studio, for example, it's got to be the right area of town for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But in general, there's some, I think more and more, there's some must haves, which we don't have in all buildings, but we're really striving to like prayer rooms, like parents' rooms, um, yeah, places to reflect, pray, meditate. These, I think, are the things that are coming up in workplace design. People are asking for these things more and more. And the office group and other providers, I think, are are now noticing how much we need to provide these amenities in buildings. Mm, Yeah. 
but yeah, they vary. Like another one we have in, in Douglas house actually is like an oxygen room. So it's a room full of plants. So you could go in there and it's got openable windows full of plants, lots of natural daylight. So you just go in there and just zone out or work, do your focus work, whatever you need to do in like an oxygen filled space. So we're constantly testing amenity ideas out um, and yeah, seeing what works and what doesn't. It sounds amazing. I love the idea of an oxygen room. Yeah, I really do. I love it. It sounds fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. And that leads us nicely onto the wellness topic. Um, so what are some of the sort of the main well-being attributes that you feel are important when thinking about the design and, and the usability of a space? Um, you've got the um, obviously plants being one of them, but also movement within a building um, and access to nature. Uh, you already mentioned the, the importance of natural light um, and so on. Yeah, definitely those things. Mm -hmm. um, Funnily, I had a conversation with my colleagues the other day about this and we were listing out all these well-being things like because we, we this is something we constantly do. We're like revising what we do, trying to do it better, all of that, all the time. So we had another brainstorming session the other day and we were talking about um, what is wellness. And one of the team just turned around and said, actually, I think wellness is like a seamless journey in the building. It's when you don't need to think and your Wi-Fi is connected, it, you don't need to think, and you've got a well-ventilated room, the lighting is, you know, is at the right levels. It's just all these underlying things that we don't necessarily, we're not mm. necessarily conscious of, but they're, they're there, and they make your day so much better. So I think that's the core, and then wellness on top of that, you know, air quality, natural light, like you said, you know, having spaces to pray and meditate, gyms, mm -hmm. Um, nutritional food, those are all other things. But I think that prince, that base principle is also really important to me. You know, there's nothing worse than coming to work and your computer's not working, your Wi-Fi's not working. So it doesn't, yeah, just having that core catered to is is super important. I think there's a lot of wellness in that as well. Yeah, definitely. That's a great way to look at it. Just just taking the stress out of all those little procedures you have to do every day and just making it nice and seamless and easy. Yeah, yeah, it's the best. <laughs> that includes. And, um, I just <laughs> yes. <laughs> and how do you bring sustainability into your work? Yeah, that's a, that's like so huge for us. And mm. but also we're still trying with sustainability. We don't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. um, but I think one of my personal values is as much as possible to, to have classic design because I think classic design is inherently sustainable. The more classic your design is, the more it's going to last forever. It's not going to be torn out. It's mm -hmm. when you're trendy and you're basing your designs around what's in fashion and what's cool, um, it won't stand the test of time. And I think then, you know, you might rip out that fit out earlier or, you know, get rid of those chairs because they're not trendy anymore. But if you have mm -hmm. the classic piece of furniture, it's going to last years and years. So um, firstly, I think that's that's a core part of, you know, my personal sustainability strategy when it comes to my role. Mm -hmm. But other than that, we, um, we do always veer on the side of trying to use sustainable materials. And um, as well as that, we also refurbish existing buildings. So, mm -hmm. you know, we rarely um, knock things down. We, we try and um, use an existing building, but where we have um, had to take down a building and rebuild it, we, um, we have a building called the Black and White Building in Shoreditch. 
And that is we've tried to be as sustainable as possible. And we've built this building from the ground up in timber, which is the first of its kind in um, in London. The first, I think it's one of the tallest in London, but it's the first um, workplace building that has been built that way in London. So it's wow. super for us. Yeah, it's, it's a fully timber building. You look at it and it's, you've never seen anything like it, like a complete timber building, because we're so used to seeing like concrete and glass and steel. Um, yeah. but that's in shortage and timber um is super sustainable but as well as that we've um the facade of the building has these timber fins across it that, that control um the amount of light and heat that goes into the building to reduce some of the um ME costs and ME um usages mm-hmm. for lack of a better expression <laughs> um so yeah that that is a really exciting building for us. And within that building, sorry, I'm really excited about this building. I can go on and on about it. It's just incredible. Please but, do. <laughs> so within that building, we've then, we've taken sustainability to another level where the furniture we've specified, a majority, if not all of it, it's either vintage or made and designed in the UK, which we've never been able to fully do. So the first time we're doing this, and my gosh, there's a lot of challenges, but... Mm so rewarding to be able to say that to say like every piece of furniture and I mean actually need to check if it's every piece of furniture but pretty sure majority of the furniture is made and designed in the UK it's a phenomenal thing to do and so and that's super sustainable as well and it reduces the the, um you know amount of transport of the pieces Mm -hmm. so yeah where we can we're doing what we can as much as we can it's the way forward isn't it absolutely And I'm actually quite pleased we've got this far in our conversation. We haven't yet mentioned the pandemic. Um, obviously, it's going to have to come up sooner or later. Um, <laughs> but talking about COVID-19 and, and the past couple of years, that must have had a huge impact on your work. And of course, you started, you've seen both sides. So you started at the office group in 2019, just before the chaos hit. Um, so how did your approach to design at the office group change when things turned upside down in 2020? It's so funny. You're right. Like, that's normally the first question. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like now in, in retrospect, it's quite clear how it, it changed what we did. So we had the opportunity to pause, I think, which is really important and question what we were doing and whether it was the right thing, the right direction. And then we were able to apply a certain level level of rigor to the design process. So we really thought about what we're doing, how we're doing it. Um, specifically, I mean, one particular example would be that our offices that are in our building. So we've got our common parts of the building that are designed really well. And then we would leave the offices to themselves, just quite basic white walls, lovely gray carpet and desks and that's what we would provide for our clients and now we've seen that when people are returning to the office they're not just returning to do a full day of focus work at a desk they are coming to back to the office to connect to collaborate to do all these different things that don't necessarily happen at a desk mm. so when we brought every, so when we kind of rethought the office we have we designed a range of settings so clients can now pick settings to have in their office so they can replace their desking with different settings. So that we weren't able to do before, um, mm-hmm. probably because of lack of time, but 
during COVID, we were able to pause and reflect and think about the return to office. And that's when we did that survey that I mentioned before, mm-hmm. um, just to see what people wanted, you know, what do they want when they're coming back? And um, we found that, you know, providing more settings and um, areas for different types of work is is what they wanted. So we've yeah been able to implement that, which is really exciting. That's great. So, so it's for people that really want to use the office as more of a collaboration hub rather than its sort of traditional place where people would go and sit and, and get their head down for eight hours and then go home again. So they're really coming in to be with people to um, to do the meeting side of their work. Yeah, I think because work is becoming a bit hybrid, you know, yeah. you, you know, you can do your focused emails. I mean, maybe you want to wake up at 7 a.m. and do your focused emails before you head into the office. Mm-hmm. So you, you just you can get that alone time at home. Um, but you're really going to the, into the office to connect with people now, you know, to, to connect with your colleagues and to make, um, like to collaborate, to, to innovate, to do all these things. And I think the office needs to reflect that. It mm-hmm. needs to have those different settings in order for us to be able to do that. Um, yeah, you're right. It's not rows and rows of desks anymore. Although maybe, you know, some some particular companies like to work in that way still, and that's okay. Yeah. But just giving them the option if they don't want to work that way, I think is important. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you touched on that, that, that connection, because um, within flexible workspace and co-working, um, that community aspect has always been so important. Um, and particularly at the office group, I know that it was very, very much an important part of um of those spaces and it's still important and I think even now since having had a couple of years where we've been forced to stay away from each other people are coming back into the office like you say to collaborate and to have that sort of person that that human to human contact um how do you encourage that or accommodate that in in your designs that that human to human element yeah because you've also got to be distant and all of these things at the same time yeah that's quite a challenge isn't it yeah Yeah, it really is I mean I'm just speaking from experience because we recently moved head office and we redesigned our head office which is really cool for us because we used to work in all different parts of buildings and Mm -hmm. we never worked together on the one floor and and we've just recently redesigned our office and you know we've done simple things like you know we we've got our kitchen area in the heart of the plan so because we know that's where people engage with each other is over coffee it's over a cup of tea um it's over lunch so we've provided a lot more space for that to happen mm-hmm. you know our kitchen might have been smaller before but now we've provided a huge space and also there's quite a blur in the line of where areas of socialization and work start so mm-hmm. we recognize that it's not so clean cut anymore. You're not on your lunch break and then moving to your work spot. It's actually like a lot of my work is speaking to this person over lunch. So I'm going to be in that area and then I'm going to do my focus work in that area. So it's just, again, providing as many positions for for these things to happen. And then also being quite, we're trying to be lab-like about it as much as Mm -hmm. possible. So where things are working, we keep it. Where they're not, we move them along and and change the location. Maybe that chair, that lounge chair, would work better over there. People seem to be congregating over there, so let's do that. So we've, as much as possible, made it a, a quite a modular space to be able to move as well. Yeah, I think like, yeah, I like exactly. Yeah, I like, I love yeah, yeah, we um during the, I mean, although the pandemic was really rough, but that's when we we came up with these ideas. We we know that. 
that's what offices should be like, that you can move them around, you can customize them, like not to be fixed and heavy, but um, mm. yeah, that like is a nice expression that just yeah. came up. <laughs> that's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> and so that, that you'll be sort of taking these ideas and lessons that you've learned during that, um, during that phase forward into future design work for the office group. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah. You know, things like, oh, that light is too bright for Zoom. You know, it's like these learnings, but it's good to test it out on us, you know, rather than our clients. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, there's a lot of that going on. <laughs> Fantastic. And so what, what's happening next for the office group? Um, do you think you will continue to work along? So you've still got your sort of the office group rules, if you like. You still want the natural light. There's a lot of elements you'll retain. Um, but you'll be also moving forward in a slightly different way based on what we've learned during the pandemic and um, perhaps being more community focused, um, introducing more hybrid spaces. Um, how will things change over the next couple of years for the office group, do you think? I mean, I think that spaces will now need to be more inclusive than ever. Mm -hmm. And I think at the office group, we're really doing a lot of study around what that looks like. Mm -hmm. What does it look like to walk into a space and feel completely accepted and understood and feel a sense of belonging and that could be really simple that could be you know the type of work setting that you is your favorite is available to you mm -hmm. so I think I mean without like us having figured it all out yet we're still trying to figure out what that means but I think that's so much um an important thing looking forward is making sure that our spaces are completely inclusive and mm -hmm of a diversity of people, you know, women, people of color, um, younger people, different demographics, like all of it. We just want to make sure that, you know, our spaces can can cater from everyone to feel comfortable, to feel, yeah, that, that sense of belonging and also just be able to get their best work done really, you know? Absolutely, yeah. And different generations as well. We have so many different generations working together now. Um, yeah. Again, that must be quite a challenge for you to try and accommodate all those different needs. needs Even, yeah, totally, because you know that quite a young person could, could sit on a crate in a coffee <laughs> shop and get their work yeah. done on a laptop hunched over. But then <laughs> someone who's older would hate that, would absolutely yeah. hate that. So... Yeah, a lot of our work is to kind of make sure that, you know, our spaces can can cater for all whilst also keeping the design integrity um, mm -hmm. as a high priority for us. So it's a constant juggle and balance, but a fun one. A fun one, yeah. yeah. Um, we're nearing the end of our conversation, but um, in terms of uh, design trends and the bigger picture and the future of work, um, what, what do you see emerging over the next couple of years in terms of design in the world of work in general? I think it's um, going to be a lot about the employees demanding certain things from their workplace and mm -hmm. their space. So, I, you know, I imagine more and more people are going to be asking, you know, like, is this building sustainable? Is the air quality at the right levels is the light levels at the right level for my well-being so i think more and more people are going to get clued into what their workspace should look like and could look like 
So I think it's it's in the hands of the employees to really make the, those changes and ask those questions. And I think they will be asking if their building is sustainable and what certifications it, it has reached. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, it's a really good thing. Um, yeah, and I also I'm interested to see what happens with technology and how we're integrating. I have no answers to this, but I really want to know how we integrate hybrid work, like uh, home office workers with office workers and how technology assists in that. I'd like to see more of that as well. Yeah, so we could see more Zoom rooms. Yeah, lots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And be more lab-like. I think yes. that's, the, that's the mantra going forward, isn't it? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Nassim, for joining us today. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Um, and just before we finish up, can you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you or find out more about um, The Office Group? Yeah. Um, so you can check out The Office Group on their website as well as LinkedIn. They're on Instagram as well. Um, I'm on Instagram as well. Nassim Kurting is the name. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. For joining us today thank you for having me joe i really enjoyed our chat thank you me too if it's impacting the future of work it's in the future of work podcast by allwork.space are you ready